Welcome back to Untold Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Sabanji. Thanks again for tuning in. Our first season story, A Good Boy, will continue where we left off last week. A small recap. In a hidden compartment space, in a red shoebox, I've discovered an old red Polish passport that belonged to David. And with it, I found out that David is indeed older than he had told me. And another minor detail that he left out, he is married to a woman, if you can believe that. Well, depending on the time and place you're listening to this, again, no judgment, grab your beverage of choice, sit in a comfortable position, and let's dive right back in, shall we? This episode is called A True Lie. There is something that they don't teach us when we're growing up. It is that the truth can be a horrible, horrible thing. Instead, they teach us to have this expectation from everyone that we encounter. Absolute truth. For example, in a relationship, we tell our partner, tell me the truth, be honest with me no matter what. But in reality, we are not nearly equipped to accept find and to deal with the truth so here I am a 21 year old male sitting on the floor crying like a baby because I can't accept the truth that I just found out David is uh, 46 years old and he's married a woman. Everything is a lie except this headache that just came over me and the one that wouldn't leave me for a couple of days after this discovery. I don't know what to do. I feel lost. I feel defeated once again just all those negative emotions just come flooding to me my first instinct is to clean everything up put everything back to way I found it just erase any trace of this truth and I do it much like an autopilot I don't even think about it. And when I'm done, I go to the couch and just sunk right in it. I remember David had these parquet floors with a spiraling design on them. And I was just staring at those floors and the design. It looked like a maze a little bit. 
I would trace the pattern with my eyes. I would start at one point, just go around and around and end up where I started. There was no way out for me. There is no hope of something meaningful and true anymore. I feel like God is giving me another message, found another creative way to punish me. And I'm back to where I started. I don't know what to do. I, I'm miles away from my home. I can't reach out to my parents because they don't know my truth. I feel alone. For some reason I remember thinking about a university friend of mine. I assumed he was gay always, but right after we graduated, right after he got married to a woman and had a kid a few, well, eight, nine months later. And I'm thinking his son would be a year old now. And I think about him and I think maybe he's happy now. I mean, look at me. I am in pursuit of happiness and I found out lies, just lies. And while I was trying to not to live a lie, I am in the right middle of it. And as I'm deep in these thoughts, I sort of wake up from them with the sound of key come going into the keyhole of the outside door. That must be David, I think. And oh, I, I just, I'm just livid. I, I want to just scream when I see him. I want to get up and slap him across the face and just like shake him and just yell and say, why, why did you lie to me? But as soon as he walks in and I see him through the hallway and he says, hi. All I can say is, hi. But I realize that I am looking at him for the first time, truthfully. Three days go by and I don't say anything to David about the truth that I discovered. After all, what would I say? Everything is shattered for me. He obviously lied. What is he going to do, lie again? What if he tells the truth? I don't feel I'm ready to deal with it just yet. So life goes on. Like I said in the previous episode, 
David is very much set in his routine ways. Things don't change for him. Every day he come home from work, takes a little nap, gets up, heats up the dinner, the pre-portioned dinner that we have, and then settles in to watch the news and after his show, Young and the Restless. And he eats his damn cookie, one piece of cookie that he only allows himself to eat a day. And I just sit next to him. I read a magazine or a book. I can't really remember, but those days we had nothing smart yet to play with. So you either stare at the ceiling or stare at a magazine. But I am thinking in the meantime of what to do for the next three months that I have in Canada. I feel that I am no longer attached or attracted to this person. He's a stranger to me. The only possible option for me is to stay with him as a roommate. Maybe I will somehow tell him that you know this is not going to work out and and um just be a companion for him in a way i mean there's nothing sexual that happened between us anyway so it's not like he's giving up on anything or anything is really going to change and i feel like he's enjoying having me around like maybe another soul in the house for a lonely person. I realize how lonely he is and I feel for that. I sympathize with it somehow. So that's the plan that I make in my mind. I say, you know, this is what's gonna happen. I'll, when I start the school in a couple of days after the weekend, I will be downtown. I will probably make friends. I'll be with them I'll enjoy the city and I'll just see this city that at the time I believe that I will never come back to ever so I might as well make the most out of this crappy situation with those thoughts the weekend comes and Saturdays and David has told me this Previously, Saturdays is David's cleaning day. So we get up, we have our pre-portioned breakfast. And then right after it, he he puts on this oldest t-shirt that was like a pink, but like a dried red wine pink type of color on it. And it was all old and like with holes on it. But he put that on and he wore just his briefs, like no pants. And the briefs were like old too, so it was like hanging off of his body. It was not a sexy look. Like if there was any attraction, then seeing that image would have just like killed it for me. And he cleans the house with all natural products. Like he 
dusts with lavender oil and alcohol which now in this time and place like we know that it's actually better for you but at the time it felt strange to me like this is an obsessive guy that wants to have everything natural he made his cleaning stuff like he bought all these natural things and cleaned them he used vinegar to wipe out like counters and floors he would use this huge cheapest vodka that he could find um, with high alcohol content like he was every, everything would smell like vinegar and vodka after we cleaned but um, yeah he, every inch and every square was cleaned that Saturday I mean it wasn't a big house but washing all the floors washing all the walls even putting a cloth on a on a stick and wiping the ceilings like he was that thorough and um, while he was doing some parts I was in charge of going and doing laundry which was downstairs and I hated it but a good like from 10 to I would say 4 p.m. we were cleaning and I you have to imagine me um, Again, like I'm 21 years old, but I am from Middle East. So Middle Eastern males, and I'm not obviously advocating this, but I'm just telling you how things are. Middle Eastern males, they don't do housework. They don't cook, they don't clean, they just sit and enjoy. And if the you know women of the house don't serve them, they have cleaning ladies or cooking ladies to do those things for me. So... I've never had to do anything like this before in my life so it feels strange to me and I'm thinking this is supposed to be my like honeymoon with this guy and here I am on a Saturday my first Saturday I'm cleaning the whole day so obviously I'm a bit of a diva moment I guess but I am very upset I just want you guys to understand my sort of thought process while I'm explaining these things and we sit down after all of this is done and he's sitting across from me in this dirty old pink t-shirt with holes in it and saggy old briefs and he's like I think we deserve a gift a treat tomorrow after my church I will drive us to little Poland so my eyes light up because it is definitely a treat for me I haven't seen anywhere other than the surroundings of this building and I get excited and for the first time I remember since coming there I felt some glimmer of hope and I took it So the area David refers to as Little Poland is in Toronto neighborhood of Roncesvalles or Ronsi as the locals would call it. I've been to this neighborhood many times over the years and I have to say 
It was love at first sight for me. Um, when I saw it, I felt like I was beamed right back uh, to a city in Europe. The main street booming with people, old Victorian houses, quaint little houses turned into cafes, stores and restaurants and greenery and just the character of the neighborhood. It was a it was so far from all that functional gloomy uh, gray buildings that I was just so used to seeing in Mississauga where I was living in. So I felt like I was in heaven and I couldn't stop smiling. I was so happy. And it was a sunny day, it was a beautiful Sunday, as beautiful as it can be in a Toronto winter. I was just, I don't know, I was just so happy. And I guess David took a notice of it too because he was, he told me, oh, like, this is a nice area, isn't it? You love it? And I said, yes, this is great. Why, why don't you live here? And, um, he said something to me that I still don't know why, but he had these little jabby moments sometimes, but he was like, well, do you think I can afford this? Anything in this area? You should tell your parents to buy you that. And uh, it just felt like he was tr trying to throw a wrench in my happiness, you know? Anyways, I remember that, so I thought I mentioned it. But we walked um, to a area there was like a big church there a big for that area he went in a little bit because he is a very um, devoted Catholic and he loved the Pope I remember that he had pictures of Pope in a frame in his house I don't know if I mentioned that so I guess it's a bit of a irony that he was this devoted Catholic and that just lied so much Anyways, we walked to a cafe, a restaurant called Polonaise Cafe. And inside was sort of modern and clean. I thought it would be more rustic because like, I'm expecting a Polish experience, right? And um, as soon as we walked in, David seemed like he was in his element. Like people knew him. He goes there every other weekend and just have food I guess that's what he told me after but like even the um, the girl that was waiting by the door she greeted him like all smiling and said something in Polish and he was talking in Polish like he seemed very confident and in his element and I have to say it it was attractive to me the first time I ever felt that well, after meeting him, the first time I ever felt that he was sexy, like I was attracted to him. And um, we walked to this booth that was by the window, um, very bright and beautiful. And um, I, I, they gave us menus, but it was in Polish and English, but I've never had Polish food before this, so I don't know what to order. I didn't know, and I told him, I said, I don't like to eat pork so anything else I'm okay to try so you just order for us and I'll just have it and he ordered a whole bunch of stuff and I was just looking around taking everything in from the window I was looking at the neighborhood and people walking by it seemed like a whole different universe of 
um, Toronto, another side that I've never seen. So I was really happy. And David was happy to see me happy, I guess. And we were just like laughing. He was cracking up jokes. And I just felt like I saw a glimpse of David that I met online, which sounds strange now saying it, but it for a brief moment I didn't want to think about any of the lies and all the, you know, horrible things that I discovered and I just wanted to enjoy the moment and I just let go. I just sort of buried the truth for a bit. And the food came and I have to say I loved everything that he ordered. And I, like I said, I go back sometimes and I eat there still. Um, they have the best pierogies, by the way. Oh, those pierogies were so good. And he ordered something, it was like potato pancakes and it looked like a wrap, but in it there was beef stew. It was the most delicious beef stew I've ever had. And we had some pickles and some cabbage rolls, which I didn't care for so much. I just don't like cabbage that much, unless it's cabbage pickle. And like I'll put some of the food on, on Instagram so you guys can see, but it was absolutely divine. Like I just loved everything. And David was just ordering food like it, just like there was no tomorrow. He kept ordering stuff and he said, we'll take it to go. I felt like in a way he was trying to really treat me for the cleaning part of the week and maybe subconsciously he was trying to make me happy because I couldn't hide my emotions. There was, It was clear that there was something wrong. But for that moment, us sitting across the table, I felt like we were a couple. Like I. I felt like I am in this moment that I've been dreaming of for all of those months that we were talking with David when I was in Turkey, just over the internet. And this would have been a moment that I would have dreamt of, just sitting across from each other, just looking at it, each other's eyes and just laughing and smiling. And all of a sudden, like I felt him reaching out to my like my leg and just crossing me underneath the table and looking at me and smiling and it just felt beautiful you know it just gave me a taste of what could have been what should have been and um he says i'll i'll buy you ice cream on the way when we go back to the car and we just have coffee and we leave and as we're walking towards the car, we get the ice cream from a place. I can't remember the place, but it was okay ice cream. It wasn't anything to write home about. So we were walking down the street and having this ice cream that we bought. And I was just so happy. I just couldn't stop smiling and I was enjoying the moment. I didn't want to think about anything. I didn't want to think about the truth. I guess in a way that I wanted to live this lie a little bit longer. And David reached out and held my hand. And I looked at him. I, I was, I sort of flinched because I never 
held a man's hand, let alone held a man's hand in public. So this is all new to me, but I felt good. I felt for a moment that this was right. You know, and we walked to the car holding hands and as soon as we got into car, um, it was cold, so he had to heat it up. And um, I guess I was like shivering a little bit, so he put his jacket on my shoulders. And as he was doing it, he kissed my cheek. And he said, are you happy? And I looked at him and I, I wanted to say I am. I wanted to say I'm so happy. I, I love you. I wanted to say that. But all I could do was to look at him and I just got, I started crying, like instantly. It wasn't like bawling, but it was just like, my tears were just like flowing down and he's like, are you okay? And I look away to the window, outside of the window and I said, I'm not okay, David, it's, I, I discovered something while I was cleaning the other day. And he said, what? What happened? I said, I found out about, I found your passport underneath the closet. I know how old you are. I know that you're married. I know that you lied to me. I say all of this without looking at him. But I can see his reflection from the window and little bit and I see that he has this facial expression of just disbelief. On the way back we did not say a word to each other. I was just looking outside of the window and he was just driving. There wasn't even music on. It was just complete radio silence. The air was so thick you could cut it with a knife. That trip felt so long and in fact it was like a short distance but it felt so long. And we finally came home, we parked and he didn't say a word, he just got out, I got out and he walked in front of me, came into the house and he just went into the bathroom and didn't come out for a while and I just sat and watched TV, I watched some music videos, I didn't know what to do, I, I was just waiting. And after a while, he came and sat next to me, very close, and his knees were touching my knees, and he held both of my hands, and I felt that he was shaking. He couldn't control himself, and his eyes looked bloodshot like he was crying. And he looked straight into my eyes, and he said, I am sorry. How can I make this up to you? Tell me. Tell me anything. 
whatever you want. I didn't mean to lie to you, it just, I didn't know that this was gonna go anywhere and I had already told you my age was 35 and I just got scared after that you wouldn't want to talk to me. And then things got serious and I never got a chance to say it. And I thought, when you see me, it would not matter anymore because we're in love and looks don't matter. Whatever, I just made a huge mistake. All you have to know is that the age on my passport is not my real age. I had to change my age, my legal age, to get married in Poland. And I had to get married so I could come to Canada. It was just a ways of escaping Poland and to be myself, much like you, I had to escape and that's what I had to do, it's not real. And as he's saying all of this, he's, he started crying and I felt so bad. Here in front of me is this grown man and he's crying and he's physically upset. And this is a man that for a long time I talk thinking that I'm in love with him so I'm feeling bad and I empathize with him because of his situation so all I could do was just take him in my arms and put his head on my chest and just comfort him and say I kept saying everything is gonna be okay don't worry I don't even know why but it's just this motherly instinct that just came over me and I just wanted to take care of him, you know. He was crying so much that my t-shirt got wet and um, finally he lifted up his head and looked at me and I looked at him and we just started kissing. It was the first time that we ever kissed. Little that we know, it was also the last time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Untold Stories Podcast. If you like the story so far and you want to find out what happens next, don't forget to subscribe and follow to the podcast wherever you're getting your podcast from. And also make sure that you check out the Instagram account Untold Stories Podcast where I will be posting images to go along with each week's episode to help you visualize the story a little bit better. Until next time, take care of yourself and don't forget to check in with that voice inside of you that may have its own untold story that it wants to share. So, I'll see you next week. Until next time.